right, it's morning huddle time. Good morning. I you, no, I'm not saying it works. I wish you Godspeed. Godspeed with all of that. I think that's really, really nice. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure what kind of success you're going to have with that today because the world, my friend, has changed. Right. Latin American construction workers, they have different needs. They have completely different These needs. These awards have a huge... Um, like criteria that you have to fill out and they usually have a community service or community relations portion. Of, uh, you know, the most productive uh, with a high performance value. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Funny. Isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, not, not for me. Not for uh, me. At 11 o'clock, I am guaranteed to be snoring. So, so... Um... <laughs> Good morning. It's morning all time. I'm Chad Prinky here with my co-host and producer, Stacy Holzinger. Stacy, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? So far, so good. So far, so good. It's we're inches away from Thanksgiving. Uh, our house is teetering on the edge of sickness, uh, and we're hoping to be able to actually see family. Uh, so I, I, that's, that's what's going on in my world. We have today, we have uh, a good friend and guest, uh, Mead Rhodes, who's, uh, with us from the NHP foundation. Uh, he heads up construction for the NHP foundation, which is an affordable housing, uh, developer, um, and, an operator of affordable housing properties. Uh, uh, Mead, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Glad to be here. Look awesome. forward to this chat. Yeah, same. What's what's uh, what's exciting in your house uh, heading toward uh, Thanksgiving? Uh, we're headed down to Pinehurst. It's oh, know, typical typical plan, right? We head down there, meet some family down there. Look forward to that it. Sounds wonderful. It's one of my favorite holidays, right? Just a lot of food, too much food. Yeah, it's the best. I, I, an entire holiday that is actually geared around the idea of giving thanks. Uh, I think is gr gratitude is such a valuable thing. Uh, it's I think if we if we can all stay there and not get into politics, then we will have a good uh, holiday. I think in our in our house. Um, uh, Stacy, what's what's going on in your world heading into Thanksgiving? Uh oh, Stacy, we're not hearing you. Shoot, Stacy with the technical difficulty. Oh, no. It's all good. It's Appreciate all good. It. She'll get it straight. I'm confident. I, I do know uh, that, that Stacy has not had Thanksgiving dinner with her extended family for three years due to uh, uh, the, the flu every time she's had uh, uh, you know Thanksgiving in the past three years. And this year, their fingers crossed gonna actually make it to a turkey day dinner. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping for Stacy that that turns out. Uh, again, I'm sure she'll be joining us back. She just had some sort of glitch. But um, uh, me, let's let's jump into yeah. it. So the purpose, sure. The focus of today's conversation, and and I I've actually talked to a handful of people uh, leading up to this that are, are really excited about this conversation to actually talk to right. a developer or somebody on the developer side of the uh, multifamily building community about what matters from a developer's perspective. And I think you actually bring a unique combination to the table cool. 
both as a developer and as a construction guy. So, well, so let's start with your story. Right? Sure, sure. Um, let's see. So I, I was that kid who used to stand on the corner watching the backhoe, right? So um, even at an early age, I was interested in it. And, and, um, and then in college, I, I got a real estate license when I was a sophomore and, and spent the summers on the business end of a hammer, right? So I, I, in, in the summertime, I was banging nails. We have that in common. Yep, I did yeah, right? that all, and, through, and, all through high school and college. Yep. Well, I haven't gotten too far away from it because I'm, I'm on a farm. I, I don't know whether you know it, but I live on a farm, and so I still end up on the business end of a hammer every now and again. So, yeah. Um, but but anyway, in terms of my career, I started in property management, and um, I, I I've come to believe that they're some of the hardest working folks uh, in the real estate industry. They're just they're. Um, uh, they, they have to push rents with the tenants and then at the same time, not spend any money with, with the owners. Right. So it's just, you kind of caught in the middle and the balancing act. It's, yeah, it sure it's is. Uh, it take, takes a little bit of, um, they'll go between. And then let's see. So I, I figured out that, um, that was just some kind of all kinds of hard work. And so I ended up going back and getting an MBA, uh, up in DC and at, at GW and then got into asset management and property management at a REIT in, in Richmond. And we bought a lot of properties and um, left there and, and got into residential development with a regional development, a regional uh, developer in, in around DC and um, spent, worked on both ends of the spectrum. So I worked on the tax credit end Right. But then on the other end of the spectrum, we also did uh, luxury apartments. And so um, and, and not so much in the middle and and then uh, got into commercial development, mixed use development, uh, was a partner, a, de a development partner in northern Virginia. We did mixed use commercial, uh, residential um, and then uh, and, and now I'm on construction side and. Uh, uh, I'm, I, I work at NHP. Uh, we do mostly tax credit work, uh, predominantly. We've got 190 million in in work under construction, under active construction now. And uh, let's see what else. I, uh, I'm a licensed contractor, and I already said that I, have, you know, I've got a broker's license. So that's awesome. I mean, yeah. it's an extremely varied career, really comprehensive experience surrounding uh, professional real estate organizations and the construction end is where you started it's where you even are today but inside of a development firm so i think what yeah. you stand to bring to our audience and what i'm hoping that we can get into is helping us to put ourselves in the shoes of the developer community. And I think before I start asking you those questions and putting you yeah. on the spot to be a, you know, a representative from the development, development community, I'll, I'll also say that it's possible that some of the stuff that you personally uh, do or believe in may be somewhat different than what are the norms in the industry. And I think it's... Uh, throughout the course of the conversation, valuable to kind of differentiate between those two 
periodically where you might say, hey, this is what's normal. This is what I've seen. It's not what I do. And then sure. you know, vice versa uh, sure. You know, sure. along, along the way. So um, That's fair. I think at the core of people's desire to understand, when I say people, I'm just going to go ahead and say general contractors and subcontractors have a deep desire to understand why developers' procurement processes appear to work the way they do. So let's start, if you would, in your shoes as a developer, what has been your experience with a typical procurement process for the general contractor? Sure. So um, let's see. I, I've never, I've, I've never had the luxury of of working on a project where we had a hundred percent complete plans, and we were putting them out to bid, and you know the RFP bid, you know all all. Um, I think the only people that are really able to do that are schools and the government. Um, um, and, and, I, and, and I think been, people building that stuff might argue that even then, yeah. <laughs> even well, then, those are not okay. Yeah, yeah. But no, but I, but I, I'm hearing you loud and clear. And and mm-hmm. there is something really, um, there is something really, I don't know, common about that in multifamily whether it's uh, affordable or whether it's market rate, doesn't really matter. That, that seems to be a trend. I hear that almost all the time. So, so as sta- for yeah, starters, yeah. you're saying we're yeah. starting off with incomplete plans. We're, we're going through procurement yeah, and we're starting right. off with incomplete plans. And, and running full tilt. And so I, I, I've been in two worlds, right? We talked about the, the market rate world that I've been in and I'm, and I'm currently in the tax credit world. And in, in both worlds, we often, and um, I can't think of an instance when we haven't had a GC in the mix early on. Mm-hmm. Right, and there is a tremendous amount of value that a really good GC brings to the table. How do you? select so if i'm hearing you right yeah i didn't hear you say multiple gcs i heard you say a gc involved a gc involved early on how do you determine which gc to involve in that early stage are you are you creating some sort of competitive process between gcs early um it, it, it's it's not competitive. I mean, it's competitive in the sense that we're, we we may talk to a couple of GCs about a project, but it's not competitive in terms of like um, I, I just it, it it's it's what 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 we look for is um, somebody who's got availability, who's got capacity, who can add value. Um, we're about to get into a discussion about a three-legged stool, I think, right, uh, at, at some point. Um, so the, 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 um, the three-legged stool being the owner, the architect, and the GC, and, and assembling a team that can um, uh, work at a high-performance level. And um, So I think what I'm hearing yeah. you say is that it's the, the, the competition, if you will, at that early phase is really about finding the right 
fit. It's not about that's exactly it's not right. about a, a pricing exercise at that phase for you. Right. Um, that, that's yes, and that's one of the that's one of the conversations that that happens very early on. Like we um, we've got these schematics and we're trying to figure out what's going to cost to build. But we're but but you're looking for uh, uh, somebody who can come in and help with estimating and and um, and then make decisions around um, uh, more efficient structures and substitutions and uh, maybe even bring subcontractors uh, or at least have have a good dialogue with subcontractors about concepts that are being pushed around and alternates that are that are available. And so there's definitely a value add with a good GC, the design process. So, so um, does that general contractor at that time know that they're, they've been selected and is there a way for them to not to, to lose that at that phase in the game? You know, is, is it, is it a given that they're definitely going to be your partner through, through the course of the project if they've been brought in at that phase of the game? Like, do, so to rephrase, do they yeah. know that they're the guy or they're, you know, they're the company? And is that a given? Yeah. So um, in my experience, yes, is the answer. I mean, we, we select some, we select somebody and they participate in the design, the refinement of the design. And um, they're actively engaged in pricing and uh, there's a target like we, we know what we want to spend. And so managing the design process uh, so that we end up with, um, uh, with a construction number that works is important. And so it, um, it just doesn't work to have multiple people, you know, having multiple discussions. You, you, part of it is, is getting a contractor who's, who's invested in the process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, so I have to say it, I'll be on a soapbox for roughly 30 yeah. seconds. Time me. I'm sorry. But one of the things I see <laughs> that drives me crazy uh, are situations in which developers create a competitive budgeting process on extremely early stage plans. Yes and make their general contractor selection based on the lowest budget from the GC at a phase in which there's so much ambiguity and so many questions about how plans can be interpreted and what they're begging for, literally begging for in that instance, is for general contractors to interpret the plans in the least most, expensive way possible. That's exactly which may or may not be constructible, which may or may not meet design intent, which may or may right like all those things are up in the air. Yep. Yep. And the earliest phase of the general contractor developer partnership is forged in lies, which is yeah. a terrible yeah. way to start a relationship. It's just a terrible way to start, and it's in they're constantly digging out of it. I lay that responsibility directly at the feet of the developer creating a procurement process that is inherently flawed. Well, so even I worse than that, things differently. 
Yeah, e even worse than that is is not communicating that that's what's going on and have, having multiple conversations with contractors, right? And 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 that inevitably they're talking to the same subs, and it always gets out and back, and oh, you totally. do nothing but you do nothing but undermining you know what what you're what you're trying to do, which is to build a great high performance team to get this job done. So. Totally. And by the way, we're, we haven't even started construction. We're about to get married for about 24 months. That's right. Right. And yes. imagine starting off, uh, you know, marriage, knowing that your spouse just cheated on you. <laughs> just yeah, cheated. You know, that's, that's the way it feels for, for, exactly for, the, for both, for both parties, I think. And again, the person driving the bus there is the developer. They have to take more, a more responsible approach to procurement. It really sounds like you and NHPR. I applaud you for that. Um, let's. I, I want to go to this yeah. idea of of the three legged stool. I want to go yeah. in particular. I want to yeah. talk about uh, the role that you want to see your contractor partner play with your architect partner. Describe maybe what a healthy dynamic looks like there, because the way that you're doing this with that early involvement, they really do need to be partners. What does a good partnership look like there? So uh, I think the best projects are projects where you've got the three-legged stool, right? So going back to that analogy, you've got the, an owner and an architect or design team and a contractor who are all high-performance uh, individuals and companies, right? Every, just operating at a high level. And, and um, um, the, the goal should be to assemble a, a, a team that um, outperforms. And uh, if, if, if things are done correctly and the process is, is good, then the outcome will be good. And, and the outcome, the good outcome will involve a higher level of, of design efficiency and, and, and quality plans, uh, better costing because the GC actually understands because he's been involved in the, in the dialogue, understands uh, what the design intent is and, and can help provide clarity to the subs, right, as, as they're pricing things. And then uh, uh, the owner uh, is, is really, I'm, I'm, um, is the conductor and, and should be the one assembling this team and setting the bar and, and making sure that the plans are tight and that the, the GC is, is a, you know, pricing things appropriately. And, and if the process really works, the outcome is a fairly high level of trust with a fairly high level of, you know, group of individuals. I think it's, that that term that you just tossed out at the end, trust, is something that I, it's a topic I'm obsessed with. It's something that I spend a lot of time researching and exploring and trying to create on the teams that I work with. In your experience, what are the high trust behaviors that you see from general contractors that when they, when they do these things, it cements that trust that you have uh, for them as an owner. 
God, that's a hard question. Um, no, so I think it's just I mean, a, maybe easier to focus on the things that cause you to lose trust. Right? That may be easier, yeah, well, but yeah, yeah, that that's that's um maybe yeah, but I I I like to think about the glass being half full. But it's a hard question because it's just it's it's those behaviors that that um um. So what is it? it it's uh, it's it's perseverance. It's thoroughness. It's thoroughness. It's honesty. It's um, you know, it's having the hard discussions before you're married, not after you're married. Mm. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 um, taking responsibility for things that that you should be responsible for. But then if somebody stumbles, you know, one of the three legged uh, going back to the stool, if um, if you've if you've um, you, you can still have a project that is successful. Right. If you ha- if if um, if you have two really strong legs of the stool, it's awfully hard to stand right. on one leg for 18 months. Right. Yeah. But 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 if you if. If somebody stumbles, uh, we had we had a, a situation where we had an architect who ended up having some health issues and and just yeah. it evaporated, right? But the project, the process, and the project continued, right? And and then they were able to rejoin. And having two really strong players who could step in and carry the project, it 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 it, it makes a difference. And so, um, you know high trust. I mean, it's all, it's all those things. Love it. I love it. I, I think the, if I could share one thing that I, I, I share frequently when it comes to high trust behavior, it is to call out, call yourself out proactively for the um, errors, minor mistakes, accidents, and things that you're trying to do to repair and put those things on the table and share your action plans for recovery. If anybody ever gets caught having made a mistake, the extent to which that damages trust is so much worse. And in fact, if you lead off by saying, hey, Mead, we just identified an issue that we had in pre-con and we're going to own it. It's not your problem. But I wanted you to know that we have a bust. Uh, we're going to figure that out and try to create a solution with these three trades to see if we can recover it. Um, I'm bringing that to your attention just so that you know we're, we're trying to figure out a collaborative solution that doesn't in any way change yes. your expectations for the product, right? It may even motivate you, uh, you as an owner in that situation to say, really appreciate you sharing that with me, Chad. Just tell me what the damage is. We'll work through it together. Maybe it's something we can pull out of contingency, you know, or something along those lines, and we to, can work to, on that. To do that, there has to be some some level of self-awareness, and and it just, it's, 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 it's beautiful what happens, and it, and it elevates the whole team. So I, 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 I warned you when we were preparing for this, that this time would fly. 
And here yeah. we are right. at, at 925 almost already. I'm going to pull Stacy in because I know that we've yeah. had a ton of uh, questions rolling through our chat this morning. Hey. Stacy, <laughs> uh, so glad to know everything's okay. I, in my brain, your house was like hit by a missile and I was really worried. And then, But now here you are. You're back and you're safe. I'm back. It's so lots of, lots of great questions. Let's start off. Um, how do you see the multifamily residential industry pivoting in response to the rising cost of money, inflation and materials and increased cost of labor? Holy smokes. <laughs> so everybody's scrambling at the answer, right? Trying to figure out how to make it work. And so the opportunity is to, is to sit down, take a closer look at these projects, uh, um, you know, figure out that, how you can skinny them up and, and, and make the scope work. And, uh, but it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Is, um, are, are you are you seeing and you know if you can't answer it's okay. But are are you seeing tax credit deals futures being uh, thrown into question right now? And are are any tax credit deals stopping making sense in 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 our current uh, cost to build environment? We haven't had any that operated. They just get a little bit harder, and. Uh... So I, I don't know whether that, I, I can't speak for others, right? For us, we haven't had any that have evaporated. We just, that's, you, yeah, just that's crazy. You, you, just, you just dig, dig a little harder and you, um, you know. There's such, there's, such an, there's such an incredible unmet need, undermet need, I should say, for affordable housing in the country, in this country. It makes me feel really, really good to hear you say that your tax credit deals haven't evaporated. Um, I'm sorry they're getting harder, but that it is nice to hear that they're not going away. That would be, that would be a, uh, a tragic situation for a large population. So thank you. Um, have you, we were just talking about offsite uh, construction in our last episode, but have you explored offsite manufacturing of modular units at all? Okay, so we've looked at this and it's hard with tax credits. They're front loaded. They, they take they take dollars up front, and it, uh, it it we've just not been able to figure out how to how to make them work. And really, the the benefit is the quality. You just get higher quality product. But it's the design is more complicated. It's six dimensional instead. Of, you know, uh, you know four dimensions. Right, the walls. Um, it, it, you you get the floors, and you got to make verticals all work. And it so. It, that just it, that's that's a degree of design that in the affordable world, as fast as we're moving, we, we haven't been able to get to. And then the the, the footing of the of the funds is, is another complication that just we haven't been able to figure out. Hmm. Um, are you moving towards integrated project delivery? Yeah, this is an interesting question. I I, I think about. You know, as you were describing the way that you like to operate, Mead, this idea of pulling in your architect and general contractor partners early, selecting people based off of their yeah. fit, not necessarily their price, and then conducting that exercise. There are formal contracting methods, you know, in, in, integrated project delivery being one of them, where, you know, you're pulling everybody together based on those themes, not just the, the, the general contractor but um, most, if not all, of your of your specialty contractors, and really pulling everyone in for essentially a collective design build effort 
in which they're financially tied to project performance metrics and everybody's operating in an open book. Is that a topic that has entered the, the, the mainstream at all in affordable housing, in, in NHP, in your world? Um, where, does, where do you stand with that stuff? Gosh, we, um, we, we definitely try to make sure that our design team is fully integrated and we focus on the coordination of how the architects work with MEPs and the, you know, oftentimes you get disconnects in the fans. And so we focus on making sure that that process is tight. Um, we focus on bringing the contractor into the process, right? So that, so that they're involved in, in the process. But that's, I mean, today that's where our focus is. And, um, I, you know, Wish I had a better answer. Yeah, I think it's the I, I would I love integrated project delivery as a concept, and I love it in practice in some really specific examples that I've had the ability to go through. Very very cool. I think the learning curve is something that is intimidating to a lot of folks. And uh, if I can, I'll editorialize again, yet again, maybe like for the twelfth time today. Sorry about that. But the um, the, the reality is that for owners, the willingness of the MEP trades, for example, to provide free design assist as a part of the process has removed a lot of the necessity to look into ways to make that happen. If I have a good GC partner who's got a good MEP partner that they feel you know, confident in in the process, everybody's that the GC is not charging you for any additional design assist on the upfront collaborating with the architect, I'm assuming. And, you know, same goes with the trade contractors. So I think, I think that's a part of the reality is, is if, if we want to, if they truly want to change the way that that happens in the market, they've got to stop offering the service for free. (laughs) They've got to start saying, this is how this ought to work. And, um, and developers will, developers are just doing I think they're just buying the way that everybody else is telling them to buy. It's like you're bringing your service to me in this way. So uh, anyway, I'll shut up. Stacy. more questions. <laughs> um, from Casey. So I know there's a lot of issues with subs getting paid on time. Um, do you think prepayment for change orders is possible? Not, not, in, not in the world that I operate in today. <laughs> And oftentimes, um, uh, the lenders and funders actually require reviewing change orders. And uh, uh, yeah, not, not in the tax credit world. Not any so, time soon. Anyway. So I think I think if I can expand on that question, Ike also uh, tosses in this note where he he's asking, uh, is can you suggest any strategies for subcontractors to avoid having to finance change orders? Is there any, is there anything, because I mean, you get it. I know, I know you understand that if you were, if you were a trade contractor working in tax credit, affordable housing deals, what strategies would you be thinking about to, to protect your cash position and make sure that you weren't floating and financing change orders? Wow. I haven't thought about it from that perspective. And I, I just, 
um, I, I'm focused on getting them funded, you know, and get getting things funded and getting the approvals. And I just haven't flipped it around to think about it. Um, I don't have an answer today. Not in the world I'm operating in today. Yeah, I don't think there's a very elegant one in, in any case. I will share that one, one strategy I've seen work, it's very back of the envelope, but it's still, it goes to trust, is if you're a specialty contractor and you know that you're going to struggle to float some particular change order, preemptively going to the general contractor and talking about anything they can do to help you to absorb that. And I've, and I've uh, worked with, I've had the good fortune to work with several general contractors that understand where their subs are coming from and will go ahead and cut them loose on that portion and float it themselves. Uh, but it just, it's, it's hard, it's hard accounting and there's no elegant solution to it. It's nothing, nothing yeah. that I've seen. Yeah. I, I just had a conversation yesterday with a, with the GC and the conversation was we, we, we've done this, we've done 13 draws and, and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's been 44 days is what it, what it's been taken to, to get to, to on, on this project to get it done. And um, if we're not able to fix it, at least we can communicate about what it is and, and manage expectations so that people know what to expect. Um, that's, it's, just to, you know, having the hard conference what it is and, you know, we just need to plan accordingly. Awesome. All right, Stacy, mm -hmm. what else we got? Well, just a couple more comments here from Paul and Jeff. Um, Paul was just saying the federal mandates reporting labor rates, insurance, et cetera, on the government's money is a huge issue. I don't know if you have any comment on that. And can you say that? Can, can you? Sure. Can Paul said uh, the federal mandates reporting labor rates, uh, insurance oh, on the oh. government's money is a huge issue. Yes, yes, and and, and it's a challenge for for the developer, right? Because make commitments on these on these projects, on these fund funded projects that we're going to make and have certain percent Participation. Participation. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't get that out. I just it wasn't working, <laughs> right? And and, uh, and and so we make participation requirements or promises, and and we really, I mean, it, it's the, it's the Fed, right? That's around. I mean, we, we we need to make them, and we need to report them, and we need to report them accurately, and so tracking that stuff is important, really important. The the best thing that a trade contractor can do, I think, is to be bulletproof on their reporting requirements on a, on, on a, a, a you know, tax credit job. You're going to have all, all these reporting requirements and, um, and also may, uh, collaborating with your fellow specialty contractors to make sure everybody is also going to be successful because if, if as, as in, I think maybe what Paul's alluding to, particularly as it relates to change order payment delays is that one trade, if one sub doesn't have their stuff together and it can hold up the payment of a whole change order, not because anybody's trying to be a jerk, 
but because literally there's federal requirements that they will not release the money. The money is not going to be cut loose. And exactly right. you might have, you know, the electrical might be, um, you know, uh, being held hostage uh, by the concrete sub because the concrete sub isn't tight on their requirements. Right. And then the, and, and the GC is just, just need to step in and, and help with the paperwork, get it done, right? Whatever it takes. And, Whatever uh, it takes. I know that's right? tough. <laughs> and Paul, Paul's like, yep, that's what, that's what we're doing. I'm sure. So, uh, well, good. Uh, what else do we have? Stacy, any others? That's it. Awesome. Yeah. Great conversation. Um, yeah, not, I'm, 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 uh, thrilled to see all the communication that came in through the audience. If people wanted to follow up with you separately, Mead, what would they yeah. do? Would they just connect with you on LinkedIn and reach out to you through that channel? Is that, is that okay? Yeah, that, that would be fun. Um, sure. That would be fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to help any way I can, I, you know, I'm, if we're asking questions, we must be trying to get, you know, improve and get better and with our understanding and all. That. So yeah, we'd be, be glad to help in any way we can. That's great. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mead. Yeah, uh, anything that you want to, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, is there anything that you want to say in parting? Um, I wish I had some, some, something profound to offer right now. I, I, <laughs> I've tried to lay it bare, you know, I've tried to lay it bare and just, just shoot straight. So, um, you know, um, I'm glad to have had the opportunity. It's nice to chat with you this morning. Thank Likewise. you. Likewise. Yeah. I think, I think you, you, you did a great job being uh, just who you are and, and, and sharing with us exactly how you approach the world uh, as, as, you know, one person with your uh, immense background, I think, it's a great example of, um, you know, for our audience, what people in your shoes care about. So thank you for sharing that. And, uh, and I hope that you'll join us again at some point in the future. Thank you so much. It's, it's always nice to chat with you. Stacey, take, take it easy. Hope things, hope, hope things stay well, you know, for Thanksgiving. <laughs> you too. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see. All right, Stacy, we have a little housekeeping to do here. Let's let's talk about where things stand uh, at this point. We've got one episode left in season three, which is episode number thirty-eight uh, with um, Kathy, Kathy Hum, mm -hmm. who yeah. is going to be joining us to talk about uh, creating a strategic HR department as opposed to just a tactical one. And I think and I that that be um, a fascinating conversation for business owners, for um, people in the HR world. Maybe there are some frustrated HR folks who are trying to get things to change in their um, uh, in their company, and they, this would be useful uh, to to uh, to check out. So uh, look forward to that. Stacy, do we have a Steel Toe Communications marketing tip heading into well, Thanksgiving week? Yeah, for I guess Thanksgiving week to be grateful, just a reminder to, you know, think about your internal marketing and recognize your employees. And we always say in the 
construction industry, the uh, detail or the devil's in the details, right? So when you're telling someone, just don't say you're doing a great job, actually put some thought into giving them a nice compliment and being grateful for what they do. Um, that's it. I love that. That's a great... It's a great idea. I, I recently, you know what, I won't even say where I was, but I, I was checking out at a store and I saw something that I thought the that three uh, women on my team would really enjoy and ran over and picked those things up for them for uh, for Thanksgiving. Just thought, you know. Listen, uh, people used to do that all the time. Like, you know, my dad was always great with that, like recognizing people in his organization. And I feel like we lost a lot of that over the years. So, yeah, I, I I'm trying to I'm, I'm a terrible gift giver. <laughs> I might be the worst. Just ask my wife. It's like bad. But I'm trying to it's not about the gift. Right. It's just about just thinking about awesome. others. Yes. yes, but thinking about others. So at any rate, well, good. Uh, I can't wait to see you again next week. Um I hope that uh, this uh, week ahead is a, a wonderful one for you and for all of our audience. And um, if anybody that you know should be involved in season four, we're going to be starting up over the winter. We'll be starting up after the new year. Um, and we would love to fill out the schedule with folks that you know. I think we have eight out of our 12 guests um, identified. Uh, so we do we have these four slots open at this point. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. See ya. Yeah, thanks.